This is Tennis Quick Tips, episode 72. Hi, this is Kim from TennisFixation.com. I'm your host for the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. With each episode, Tennis Quick Tips gives you a quick and easy tip to help you play better tennis and to ensure that you're having fun every time you step on court. Well, I am always surprised by how many tennis players don't know how to play a tiebreak. This is one of those areas where you really need to know what the rules are and make sure that they're followed. So in this episode of Tennis Quick Tips, we're going to go over how to play a tiebreak in tennis. And I'm going to give you some tips for remembering the rules on this so you'll always play your tiebreaks correctly. This past weekend, I played a just for fun tiebreaker at the end of my cardio tennis class. And playing a tiebreaker like this is great tennis practice because it gets you playing live points and it works all aspects of your game. You're serving, you're receiving, you're using all of your strokes, you're applying some on-court strategy. Anyway, we were playing a doubles tiebreaker, so there were four of us on the court, and of the four, three players were not really sure how to play a tiebreak. In fact, my opponents in this just for fun tiebreak, somehow they had it in their heads that their receiving positions should change during the tiebreaker. Um, I know that sounds confusing because I myself couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. I just know that at one point I was serving to one of the opponents and she was receiving in the deuce court. And then the next time I served to her, she was receiving in the ad court. And since it was just a practice, I didn't really make anything of it. But at the end of the tiebreaker, I mentioned it. And both of these opponents thought that somehow their receiving position had something to do with which one of them had just served. If you're confused by that explanation, you should be because that is really weird. I'd never had anyone come up with that one before, but it didn't really matter. We were just playing for fun, so I let it go. But... My point is that these ladies, all of whom play on league tennis teams, really had no idea how to play a tiebreak game. And while this sounds like a pretty elementary topic for this podcast, I want to make sure we all know the rules here. And I want to give you some easy ways to remember just how to play and score your next tiebreaker. If for some reason you think this is a topic that you already know everything about, so you want to skip this particular episode, you are certainly free to do so. But just FYI, I'm not going to talk about the obvious tiebreak rules that I think everyone knows. In other words, I'm not going to talk about how we score it by going 0, 1, 2, 3, as opposed to love, 15, 30, 40. Not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Not going to talk about first to seven by a margin of two. I know you know those things. Instead, what I'm going to do is talk about the most confusing aspects of tiebreakers, the things people usually don't know or they just get wrong. 
And I'm going to give you my best tips to clear up the confusion on these things so you know how to properly play a tiebreak game. By the end of this episode, you should pretty much be a know-it-all on how to play tiebreaks. So to start with, let's make clear what we're talking about here. We're talking about regular old tiebreak games. This is the kind of tiebreak you play at the end of a set where the score is tied at 6-6, and it's played to determine who wins that set. The rules for this type of tiebreak game can be found throughout the ITF rules of tennis, but mainly it's in rules 5 and 10. Rule 5 talks about keeping the score in a game, and rule 10 talks about changing ends of court. So we're going to start at the beginning. Before the tiebreak game starts, Here's what you need to remember. Number one, the tiebreak game counts as the 13th game of the set. If you can remember this one thing, most of the rest of the tiebreak is going to make sense to you. Sure, it's played different than every other game in the set, but it is the 13th game of the set. When the score is tied 6-6, The tiebreak game is the 13th game because at the end of that game, someone will have won the set 7-6. 7-6 adds up to 13, so it's the 13th game. Now, while that may be obvious to you, some people, they just don't see this. So even though we have these special rules for how to play the tiebreak game that make it different from all the other games, Just remember the tiebreak is not a game that stands alone, separate from the set. It is the 13th game and it's part of the set. Number two, you start the tiebreak game from where you are. You do not change ends of court at the start of a tiebreak game. At this point, the set is tied 6-6. And since that adds up to an even number, you're going to stay on the side where you are to start the tiebreak. And number three, the player whose turn it is to serve next in the set serves the first point of the tiebreak game. This seems to be confusing to some people. They seem to think you can switch the order of the serve here, but all you have to remember is the tiebreak game is just the next game in the set. It's the 13th game. I know I keep saying that, but it's important. So the server of the tiebreak game is the next person whose turn it is to serve in the set. Okay, so those are the things you need to remember before the tiebreak begins. Now during your tiebreak game, here's what you want to remember. Number one, the order of service remains the same. You're not going to change it. Occasionally people try to change the order of service in a tiebreak game. I don't know why, they think it's some weird different game, so they'll try to do that. But as I've already said, the tiebreak game is the 13th game of the set. So the order of service stays the same, and whoever's up for the next service game becomes the first server in the tiebreak game. Number two, the first server serves for just one point. People get confused about this because at first it just seems really unfair. But what you have to realize is that the rules of tennis go way out of their way to be fair, even when you and I don't initially see the fairness of what they're trying to do. 
So here's how you can remember that the first server gets to serve for just the one point. Supposedly getting to serve is an advantage, right? So to even out that advantage, the first server will only get one point to serve. If the first server got a chance at winning two points and actually won them, and then everyone who served after that won both of their points, so we're just assuming now that everyone who serves wins their points, the first server would win the tiebreaker, even though everyone else had won their serves too. You can play this out in your head point by point if you want to come up with how that score would work. I have done that, and I'm telling you, believe me, if the first server gets to serve two points, he or she has an unfair advantage. They would win the tiebreaker 8-6. So to keep it fair, the first server gets to serve for just one point. Number three, the first server serves one point from the deuce court. And this is explicitly stated in rule 17 on serving. And the reason for that is, as I'll tell you, number four, each subsequent server serves for two points with their first serve being from the add court. So you get it, the first server, one point from the deuce court. That's the court that you say deuce in when you go to uh, a deuce game. Each subsequent server gets two points, but they start in the add court. So we're flipping what we usually do in a regular game. People are always confused about starting their serve from the add court. Why do we do this? Why do subsequent servers always start from the add court? Well, it's because when they start their serve, the score is odd. And you always serve from the add court when the serve is odd. So when the second person serves at the very beginning of the tiebreak game, the score will either be 1-0 or 0-1. Okay, so the first server serves their one point, and now it's the second server's turn, and the score is either 1-0 or 0-1. And that's an odd score. And you always serve odd scores from the add court. There's your rule. I know it doesn't sound like that makes any sense, but it goes back to what I said earlier about the rules of tennis are always fair. So here's another way you can remember this, easier than what I just told you. It's a tiebreak game. Everything is weird, including where you serve from. Okay, and the fifth thing I want you to remember during the tiebreak, players change ends of court after every six points. This is another place where people get really confused during the tiebreaker. And I think the reason is because if you change ends of court after the sixth point and then the twelfth point, etc., you're changing in the middle of someone's serve. And that seems a little strange and even unfair. In other words, the server who serves the sixth point in the game, and that's six points total, We'll also be serving the seventh point in the game, but we'll change ends of court between those serves. So you're going to serve the sixth point from one end of the court, and then you're going to switch and serve the seventh from the other. Just remember, the rules are always trying to avoid giving anyone an unfair advantage. So by changing ends of court in the middle of someone's serve, there's less chance that one player or team 
will have an advantage due to the weather since one side may be more sunny than the other or one side may have to fight a headwind more than the other. And the other thing I can tell you about this changing after every six points is I remember it because it helps me keep track of the score. So if you just can think about that, you can remember at six points, it's time to change. Okay, so you've gotten that far into the tie break. Let's talk about after the tie break, what happens. Number one, the tie break game counts as the 13th game of the set. Please remember that. I know I keep saying it, but it's so important to remember because once the tie break game is over, this is going to help you determine what happens next. Number two, the players change ends of court at the end of the tie break. Because the tiebreak game is the 13th game, players change ends of court just like they do after every odd game. So just like you would at the end of any set that ended with an odd total of games, you're going to change ends of court. And you change from the position you're at when the tiebreak ends, not from the position you were at when the tiebreak started. So whatever the score ends up being in that tiebreak, Wherever you are at that moment when the tiebreak is won, you're going to change ends of court if you are playing another set. Number three, the tiebreak game is considered a service game for the first server. Even though the first server got to serve just one serve, the tiebreak game is deemed to be this server's service game. This is important if you have to play another set after the tiebreak game because number four, the player or team that served first in the tiebreak game will receive first in the next set. Again, the tiebreak game counts as the first server's service game. The first server or his team becomes the receiver in the next game that's played. Okay. That's a lot of information. And if you were not confused about tie breaks before, you might actually be going, okay, I thought I knew it all, and now I'm very confused. But the important thing to remember is that this game is the 13th game. Everything else makes sense if you can remember that. Now, I have all this laid out in the show notes for this session, and you can find that over at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips72. There you can get a summary of everything I've said. And I think it's worth reading over before you play your next match just to make sure that you really do understand how to play a tie break. Once you go through it with confidence one time, making sure you're properly applying the rules, you'll know how to do it. You're going to be that person like me out there directing the other three players on your court where they go, whose serve it is, and what happens next. And really, that's who you want to be. You want to be that player who knows how the rules of tennis work and is making sure that the rules are properly applied and you're not getting ripped out of any points that you deserve or that you're not improperly taking someone else's points away. So once again, you can find all of my show notes about the tiebreaker anything else I might have said in this episode over at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips72. 
And one more thing I've been mentioning for the last couple of weeks, and I want to mention it one more time. If you're interested in building up your tennis endurance and fitness, then I know you're going to be interested in my very first tennis mini course. It's called Simple Endurance Training for Tennis, and it is coming out very soon now in another week or so. This program is going to use a combination of high-intensity interval training and running and walking. It goes for six weeks, and it can quickly and easily help you increase your endurance for match play and help you get fit. If you visit the information page now, you still have time to sign up to get the course quick start guide for free. It lays out the entire course and you can grab that, get more details about the course and get a huge launch discount when the course comes out. So to get all of that, just go over to the information page, which can be found at tennisfixation.com endurance. I hope you have fun. I hope you're getting out there playing a lot of tennis. Email me if you have any questions, if you have suggestions about what you'd like to hear. You can always reach me at kim at tennisfixation.com. All my contact info, other Tennis Quick Tips episodes, and a ton of other great tennis tips can be found at tennisfixation.com. Thanks so much for listening, and happy tennis. Happy tennis.